Welcome to day 102 of Shaped by the Word, the drama of Scripture. And again, here we are in the middle of Guys Week. So David Keefe is here with me. I'm Paul Kemp, and Matt Kresge is also here with me. We've uh, gone uh, most of the week and have one more reading to go without a feminine voice. Hopefully the girls will join us uh, next week and return to that. We're in the middle of uh, the entry of the children of Israel finally into God's promise. And, of course, uh, reference was made earlier to the rest that God would give them. Uh, so not only into you know a land, but into a place where they can rest in God's goodness and God's inner creation. So we come into the very first challenge within uh, you know the new land, and that is the city of Jericho. And we realize that God gives them as a, a very unique battle plan as they take on that. But before we go into Jericho, there is a moment, which is one of my favorite moments in the Old Testament, uh, when the leader of the armies of God appears uh, you know, to Joshua. And so before we read this section beginning in chapter 5 and going through most of chapter 6, uh, let's pause and offer this uh, ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Matt, you mind doing that for us? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do come before you, quieting our hearts, anticipating to hear from you and and behold wonderful things from your word. Father, we, we ask that you would meet with us, um, that you would capture our affections and, and draw us into a, a deeper fellowship with you um, and one another through um, this time. Father, would you shape us, help us to understand, help us to see you in all of your beauty. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Joshua chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. And when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its kings and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the Ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. 
They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. Seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you this city. The city and all of it, all in it, are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she had the spies we sent. Keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed, so everyone's heart straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. That time Joshua pronounced the solemn oath, Curse before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild the city of Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son. He will lay its foundation the cost of his youngest. He will set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. Really interesting battle plan. Um, I would say unique in the annals of history. Simply march around the city. And of course, you know, this is in the context of which Rahab has already shared. People have heard of you and their hearts are melting with fear. And you can just imagine what in the world are these guys doing. And they march around the city once, and then they march around the city again. And you have these ram's horns things, which must have been just as irritating as all get out as you can possibly imagine. And finally, they do this seven times, and they shout, and the walls fall. What an incredible, you know, what an incredible, you know, story. You also have a unique um, circumstance in this in this first city. It wouldn't be true of all the city that everything in it is both <laughs> devoted to destruction and devoted to the war. Uh, so it is also a, a unique setting of reverence you know, as you go in. Mm. You see the complete judgment of God on the one hand, and of course you see the sacred moment vested in Israel as they carry out this judgment, not for their profit nor for their gain, uh, but as instruments of the Lord in, in, in this time. So there, there's a lot of questions, obviously, that arise out of the text. But one of the things that is really important you know, to, to understand is put in the context of that initial counter with uh, the leader, you know, the, the commander, mm-hmm. uh, the leader of the armies of the Lord. Yeah. And what an interesting encounter, you know, because uh, to this point, all, all we've heard is the Lord is with Israel and that he will fight for Israel and he will go before them, he will be with them. And all of a sudden now you see this commander of the army and Joshua asks that question, are you for us or for our enemies? And he says, neither, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm the commander of the Lord's army, and now I've come. You know, and, and it's a reminder to us that what's what's about to happen, 
It doesn't fit neatly into our boxes. It doesn't fit neatly into no. our understanding. Well, it's you know obviously you know from you know from Deuteronomy you know Moses is warned never think you know that God is doing this for you because you are better than other people or more righteous than other people or more numerous than other people. Mm-hmm. You know it's surely an act of grace on His part you know for you to be you know for you to be His people. And, you know, don't, you know, uh, think that what is happening to the inhabitants of land coming under God's judgment will not happen, you know, to you as, as well. And, and so we, we tend to, you know, a lot of times, you know, feel like, you know, the, the Lord is for us. But, you know, in a, in a nice little Piperism, uh, John Piperism, uh, we ought to remember that the Lord is for himself. And he stands for his honor and he stands for his glory. And so we have his glory and grace as he gives the land to Israel and his, his glory and judgment as he takes it from those who have defiled it. Yeah. No, and those are often things that can give us tension or those kind of topics in the Bible that are kind of a, we tend to just want to avoid and kind of just push to the side. But obviously it's in those things that we do see the true character of God and we have to address and discuss you know, both. way above my pay grade yeah you know I, I don't you know I don't pretend to have all of the answers but I do know that uh, you know physical judgment is merely you know merely a picture of a, a far more dramatic and dramatic occurrence that will one day happen and that is you know that is final judgment and, and of course physical blessing is also uh, you know a foretaste of far more you know dramatic uh, event in the future of final blessing as well. So you have a demonstration of both, you know, God's judgment and his blessing, his, 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 his grace, you know, and his wrath in this. And, and of course, I have always, you know, the, the, the fact in this first city you learn that you know, there's a couple of contrasts, you know, they're very important. This, this is a battle clearly won by the Lord without, you know, much effort on anybody's part except for the priest who had to play the horns for seven laps around Jericho, which been, was a lot. Uh, but uh, this is a demonstration of God's power at work in order to render you know, Israel's enemies helpless. Later, many of their battles will be won by conventional warfare, or at least it'll look like it. In other words, they'll have strategy, they'll fight long, hard battles, you know, they'll, they'll stay up, you know, late in, you know, late in the night, you know, fighting and completing these battles, so they'll have the hard struggle on that. And, and it's just a good juxtaposition that sometimes, you know, sometimes our victories come graciously and, and astoundingly, and sometimes, you know, that they, they, they come through labor and continue, but in both, it is the Lord's hands and, and we trust Him. And, and then, of course, the other you know, part of this is this is, in this instance, you, you, you do not profit from this. All of this is dedicated to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, if only Cindy or Katie were here, they could have solved the tension of this text forever. You know, it would have never, never needed, but alas, we, we keep on trying. <laughs> Matt is so brave when yeah. Katie is not here. I hope she doesn't listen to this <laughs> yeah. one. Hey, no, I'm saying they would have had great things to. No. No doubt. So they no doubt. The we we do. Of the we do miss so. the feminine voice. No. But I, I do love you know just the reminder of this text that it is again the Lord going before His people, the Lord working on behalf of His people, Re- not reducing. But you know you get this whole army of people and their weapons going to be their shout. I mean, it, to me, it's just kind of what in the world is the Lord doing? 
And, and that that reminds us time and time again as we read through, you know, scripture that the Lord acts. He, he uses you know weakness. He, he uses um, things that seem to be so unconventional for us. You know, the Lord does what the Lord no, does. He often does, and then He often works you know, through conventional means as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, let the Lord be the Lord. <laughs> yeah. you know, in those, and let Him determine the means. You know, and sometimes you know, sometimes efforts, you know, in ministry you know, are sudden and miraculous and sometimes they come after long labor mm. and it's not you know that the god is all over one and not in the other you know god god is god both in our miraculous uh, moments when he delivers things in such a way that is deeply obvious you know it's him and he's, he is also in those moments when we've labored long and hard and would tend to take the credit for ourselves rather than realizing that he works through those mm-hmm. means as well i think as i'm looking at this as well i'm just kind of reminded in my own life, I often, I do want to trust God and I do want to put my faith in him, but I also want everything to make complete sense while I'm doing that. And what a helpful reminder that it doesn't have to actually make sense to me. Um, but I can even just through this story be reminded that God is good. He is faithful. He, he can be trusted even when I'm looking around thinking like this is this is weird or this doesn't make any sense to me because obviously some of these people had to be thinking like what are we doing blowing horns we have armies you know and we're gonna shout like this makes no sense but you know they they probably did not have an army you know this is our first battle i mean this is a a new generation so the battles that have been previous one uh, previously one have been won by their fathers in another generation so this is their first experience of warfare i'm not sure how you practice for this yeah you know uh, so it is it is kind of a unique and and it's what they need to see is they need to see you know, God part the waters like he did for the previous generation and win a battle like he did for previous generations. Uh, but again, it, it's not always going to follow this this pattern. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's another thing we do is we see God work one way once and we want to make that a pattern forever. God is God, is God and he will work in, in incredibly uh, diverse, you know, diverse ways and seldom according to our expectation. I love the emphasis too, just kind of coming back around to that thread of, of Rahab, you know, that they continue to identify her and her family throughout the story and, and mention her by name. I mean, it could have at that point on just said, you know, and and they saved the, the, the woman and her family, you know, or, but, but that reminder that, that God cares about, about Rahab, about her family. And even just to add the note in verse 25 at the end, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. And so we have a time marker for when Joshua was written. It was yeah. uh, written sometime in the life of Rahab. I mean, how Rahab uh, comes into the story and, and she never yeah. necessarily departs. Well, and you, know, and you do have, you do have, for the moment, she's outside the camp. Yeah. But later should be included inside. inside the camp, part of the people of Israel. And of course, if you want to play with outside the camp imagery, uh, Christ was taken outside of the camp in order to die on the cross, according to the writer of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your work. Thank you for reminding us that you, you work in bold, miraculous ways that are beyond our comprehension, understanding, and you work through ordinary means that you are God in the ordinary and in the extraordinary. Thank you for your grace. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.